temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. run with Matt Spiegel. You know, I think both of us, certainly I do, listen to a lot of sports radio. Matt Spiegel got on with some takes that were pure gold. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. It's in the air to left field. Eloy drifting back. He is still going. Eloy is at the wall and it is gone. Eloy crashed into the fence that again. That is not good and news. He's hurt. Banging into the wall like that, he comes away hurt and this is something that... Um, we really can't have. Tempted by the fruit of another. Tempted, but the truth is discovered. What's been going on? And now that you have gone, there's no other. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Oh, good Sunday morning to you baseball people. What's going on? Opening day looms a mere four days away. Cubs will be here in Chicago at Wrigley Field with fans in the stands. A slight increase thanks to the mayor the other day. The White Sox will be in Anaheim against Joe Madden's Angels. Two of the more interesting teams as we enter 2021. Hope all are well. It's going to be a fun morning talking baseball right here on Hit and Run. The score is venerable, not vulnerable. Sunday morning baseball show in year number 15. Uh, lots going on today. Sean Marshall from the Marquee Sports Network will join us at 10 o'clock to talk Cubs. This rotation is now set. Want to know what he thinks about David Ross's decisions at the back end of that rotation um, what life is like at this point for a big leaguer as you transition from spring to the regular season. Want to ask him about picking Greg Maddox's brain when he was a young pitcher. He talked a little bit about that this week. Dovetails nicely with some of the young Cubs pitchers talking to some of the older starters, although Jake Arrieta is no Greg Maddox. Kyle Hendricks is always closer stylistically. Um, but both those guys, very worthy of having their brains picked by young pitchers. So we'll talk to Sean about that. Eno Saris, who I love talking baseball with, um, the analytics writer for The Athletic. Always a creative and thoughtful output every year from Eno Saris. Look forward to talking to him at 11 o'clock. Along the way, you, me, we're going to be hanging out together all morning long. 
And you are welcome to text the show at any point. Brought The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. As we broadcast live from the Scores Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And you can always give us a call as well, all morning long at 312-644-6767. You can tweet at me if you want at Matt Spiegel 670. There's no Twitch yet, despite the uh, very vibrant request from Ben from Queens last week, where Mitch Rosen was supposedly listening. Whatever, boss. No, but that's okay. Maybe someday. Although, you know, it's nice to be in my jammies here on a Sunday morning from home. I don't mind telling you, as my son plays some Roblox in the other room, I don't understand it. I don't get it. There's a lot of clicking. It's endless. Um, He seems to enjoy it. Tells me that he's good at it. I believe him, but I still don't understand it. What happened to baseball video games, people? The baseball video games of my youth. What's going on? I need to get a game system. Set that kid up with some baseball. See what happens. Time to give in. He's nine. But that's not why you called. Um, Here's the opportunity for you these next three hours. Lots of baseball news all week long, including, of course, the massive news with the fallout on the south side. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you about Eloy Jimenez, about the play, where it happened, if you want, um, about the solutions for the White Sox in-house to begin with, outside the house, eventually, if need be. And I want to talk with you guys and hear from you about asking someone to be less than what they could be for the sake of safety in sports. And baseball is unique, I know. But frankly, I have, um, I have my doubts about what is reasonable to ask of an athlete. What is realistic to ask of an athlete if they have shown you that perhaps they're not capable of uh, thinking about it, dealing with it, decision-making on an elite scale. What is supposed to happen? It's been a very, very um, awkward week with that news. And things have been so good and exciting in White Sox camp. But to have that, it's kind of rough. The World Series odds took a big hit. American League pennant odds took a big hit. I saw that Fangraphs was predicting originally that the left fielders of the White Sox would be top four in wins above replacement. And now they're down to 27 in wins above replacement. It is a big deal to remove Eloy's bat from that lineup. They will be better defensively, pretty much no matter who they throw out there, unless it's Andrew Vaughn early. But hell, how long will it take Andrew Vaughn to be decent out there, awkwardly and left? We, I want to talk about it with you, and we'll play some tape in a, in a matter of moments here to kind of set up the conversation. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on 670 The Score. Lots of talk coming with the Cubs. We'll talk some bullpens. We'll talk about a brand new White Sox signee as the Cuban connection continues. And we've got some numbers to kick around in the final hour as well. Going to figure out a few things in terms of projections over the course of the year and in terms of just things you're going to watch, items you will watch as the season goes on. But before we do that, let, let, let's hear from a couple people to set up this conversation about Eloy, okay? Um, 
Ian Happ was on with Bernsey and Layla as he always is. And my contention has been, especially with Eloy, if they're ever going to ask him to play there again, you can't ask an outfielder to go at 60% capacity in left field because you're afraid that he's going to get hurt. That is just too hard to ask them to do that. But Ian Happ, a converted infielder, now a very solid center fielder, talked with Bernsey and Rahimi about the realities of what, a, uh, what an outfielder is supposed to do in terms of managing risk as he goes about his business. Risk management as an outfielder. Just in general, how you came up as a baseball player that as, as a youth, collegiately and now professionally, how do you make sure you're always aware in some way of where your body is relative to other things and other people and, and trying to figure out a time and a place to put it at risk? It's a big part of it, uh, especially in spring training. Uh, I think it's something that you learn kind of as you go and, and definitely at the professional level more than any other. You know, ran, ran into a few walls in college and, and in my early professional days. And then once, you know, once you realize that it's 162 games and you're more valuable to the team if you're on the field, that's a huge part of it. And it's making sure, especially in spring training, that you're you're getting your read and you're you're running around the field and doing the right things, but at the same time you're taking care of your body and making sure that you're not putting yourself at risk. Because the last thing that you want to do is be down for a period of time and not be able to help the team. There's a lot going on when you're out in the outfield thinking about all those different adjustments, all those different sacrifices, all those different things you should be uh, thinking about. You got to have a lot of space a lot of time and a lot of focus, a lot of ability to be present in that headspace as you worry about all those kinds of things. Is it a realistic ask for everybody? Listen to Steve Stone with me and Danny Parkins this past Thursday talking about Eloy and the play itself as Stoney and Jason Benetti were watching it together. Well, you don't ask him to play safety first because, again, you can't protect yourself out there. It's like asking a pitcher, you know what, the season's coming close, so don't throw that good hard slider in the last couple of appearances. You can't really do that. But if he gets hurt on a hustle play, if he's running toward the line and he pulls a hamstring, if if he's coming and charging in on a ball and he turns his ankle, you've got you've got no complaint with that because that's an aggressive play, and, and that's one of those things that you say to yourself, okay, he was doing it aggressively. It was not a dumb play. It was a smart play. It's just that, you know, he got hurt. But when you see somebody get hurt, and he gets hurt on a play that you never should have attempted, you have to realize where you are. There's a week to go in spring training. This is the second inning, second or third inning, I think, maybe second inning. You've just driven in a run, given the Sox the lead. It's the second inning, and he leaps over the fence for a ball that you just ask, why? Why are you doing that? That's Steve Stone the other day with me and Danny Parkins. And Stoney was stronger than I expected, more upset with Eloy than I had expected, and probably spoke for some in the organization. Upset that, uh, that Eloy would make those decisions that he made. To me, I understood the play as he was making it, jumping up at the wall, trying to get there. I know it wasn't super close to the glove, but he's in a team sport trying to be good at his position. 
what was awkward was the hang, the the rim hang, the Vince Carter rim hang with the forearm that just didn't make a lick of sense. And it irritated Stoney. I think Eloy will not play left field again on the regular ever. And it's a big shift for, for some of us. It's a shift for me. That's how problematic this play was. That's how sad this moment is. It's how awkward the injury is, how maddening to so many it is. And how damaging it is right now in a year where you're going for it. So those feelings are all rolling around, mixed in within the organization with love for the dude, obviously, with, with, with much, much love for the kind of guy Eloy is, for the presence he is, and from a personality perspective, and what he brings to the clubhouse, all of that mixed in. But it's a game changer. It is a game changer. I don't think it is realistic to ask every player to do the kind of stuff that Ian Happ was talking about. I don't think it's realistic to ask Eloy Jimenez to do it in left field anymore. I don't think it is. And I thought it was too young to give up on. But now that you've cost yourself a full season with that, and you add that to everything else that has happened out there, and all of this context, I'm ready to close the book on Eloy as a left fielder. Why? Why are you doing that? (laughs) Take the gloves away. It's time. It's time. It's too bad. You don't want to limit somebody like that. But what you can't do is ask him to make the myriad decisions of when to go hard, when not to go hard, when to pull up, enrages pitchers by pulling up a little on a gettable ball, perhaps. Because he has not shown the decision-making proficiency. He has not shown the spatial awareness. He has not shown the athleticism. He has uh, shown you a ton of problems, a ton of issues out there. And you're going to have to find a spot for him in your lineup next year, and it's probably going to end up being DH. So if it takes you a full year to get Andrew Vaughn comfortable out there in left field, so be it. Here's one of the uh, one of the things we're going to be kicking around later on when we bring up these numbers and bring up these projections, and I'll be asking you along with this stuff all morning long at 312-644-6767, or you can text us at that same number, 312-644-6767. Who's going to have the most innings in left field this year for the Chicago White Sox? Most innings in left field. Your options are Lurie Garcia, um, Andrew Vaughn, Uh, Adam Eaton, if he's going to move over from right, although I don't think that's going to happen. Adam Engel. Or is it somebody else? Is Nick Williams going to make the team and play out there? Billy Hamilton going to make the team and play out there? Got a lot of options. And those are just the in-house ones. I think it's going to be Engel. I think what's going to happen is that Adam Engel, who has hit well enough to really be a starter, in the very recent times, Engel's bat has been found. You know what you're getting from him in terms of the defense at any spot and the base running. I think you're going to see Adam Engel play the most innings of anybody for the White Sox in left field. You're going to see Engel, Robert, and Eaton to finish most every game defensively. 
And depending on the matchups, you'll see that trio in the outfield a decent amount with Vaughn staying at DH. Maybe Vaughn every once in a while will get to play out there and left for the first five, six innings, replace defensively towards the end if you have a lead with Zach Collins getting a DH spot or Yasmani Grandal getting a DH spot. If Abreu gets a first base DH spot, then it's Grandal playing first. All these kind of things. You want uh, options. So that's why Vaughn should have been getting a shot out there before this and why Vaughn is getting a shot out there now. So I, uh, I'm ready to sign off on Eloy's left field career. And so it goes. All right. Lots more to talk about with this story, but with a ton of other things as well. 312-644-6767. It's hit and run. Hop on in all morning long. It's Matt Spiegel here on 670 The Score. We'll take a break, come back, and talk about some difficult decisions that David Ross made and made them public yesterday on Hit and Run right here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Well, believe me, that conversation is being had right now. But you have to pretty much throw out this year because... Who knows when he's going to come back, what he's going to come back with when he does, uh, how he's going to come back. Nobody really knows. You just have to hope that at his young age, he heals more quickly than they speculate. But more times than not, with the chest so much of a factor in everything you do in this game, you'd have to say anything they get out of him this year is going to be a plus. Then I think during the winter time, when they sit back and they evaluate exactly what this team is going to look like heading into next year, that's when you make the decision. I don't think you can make the decision now. I think you have to wait. I think you have to get some perspective. I think you have to wait to see how this team is going to play this year. And then you have to make your evaluation later on. Steve Stone from earlier in the week on 670 The Score with me, Matt Spiegel, and Danny Parkins. Watching highlights of Andrew Vaughn's play in left field the other day. I don't mean a specific play, but just, you know, his overall play. He had four balls that were hit to him. I think he's ready to go. Don't you guys? He had a fly ball um, 
with two outs in the seventh. That was his first fly ball. Before that, there were a couple. There were, I think, three other plays before that. There was a double down the left field line, um, and he made the play on that and threw it in. Uh, there's a couple other, a couple other moments. I mean, it's, it's very rare that you can really cause a massive, massive problem for your team in left field, but it can be done. It certainly can be done. Good piece on pitcher list that uh, producer Sean Anderson sent me about with all the possible replacements for Eloy, but it, it talks about a recent comp when the Phillies signed Carlos Santana and to me, I think Soul Sacrifice live at Woodstock is just, it's unbeatable, man. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Game of Love, Michelle Branch and Carlos Santana. Great song. Yeah, you've been, been jamming on that one. I understand. Well, you know, if you have those kind of skills, then you're going to bump Reese Hoskins to the outfield. That's just going to happen. So Carlos Santana goes to the Phillies. They, they have him play first. And Reese Hoskins goes out to left. And he was terrible. And even though it's just left, boy, was he extra special terrible in, in measurable ways, which is, which is pretty funny and, and, and pretty amazing, considering that um, Hoskins had a 128 weighted runs created plus, which is very good. 100 is the average. He was up there at 128th. And that ranked him fourth among all qualified left fielders. That's great. But his war wins apart replacement with all of that was only one, which is very, very low. And it's odd that it would be that low for somebody having that good an offensive year. That's because that's how bad he was defensively. Dropping fly balls, um, having zero range, leaving almost everything for center field that he possibly could. And then when he had to field a ball, again, sometimes dropping them. So look... I I don't know that Andrew Vaughn is going to look like that. But it's in play. We don't know. Those four balls that he fielded the other day at left, those are the first four of his uh of his life. It's crazy. So it, it's been very, very awkward to watch Eloy out there and um, several texts getting in here with some ideas as to what is going to be happening at 312-644-6767. Uh, Jim and Lockport thinks Andrew Vaughn's in left field against right-handed pitchers and Zach Collins will DH mix and match versus lefties. That's a lot of Andrew Vaughn. So Jim thinks a lot of Andrew Vaughn out there. Collins, um, Collins has had a terrific spring and looks different offensively. Looks like maybe he's ready to take that step offensively, which would be pretty awesome. We'll see how much he catches. And he's a lock to make the roster now, is Zach Collins. That is for damn sure. Eloy's left field misadventures bring into stark relief how much the hit tool is the only one that matters in modern day MLB. It's not the only one that matters, but it sure does matter above all. But it's really, it depends to be seen how much here Tony La Russa will allow the style of the White Sox to shift just a little bit. It's okay to value defense a little more in left field sometimes. It is. It's all right. Especially if you're, you start to get real good pitching. And oh, by the way, that bullpen is probably going to be filthy. Incredibly, incredibly filthy. 
Speaks, I heard you talking about needing to get your son into some baseball games. Yeah, video, anything. Otherwise, whatever. This comes less than an hour after I just signed my seven-year-old daughter up for softball for the first time. Proud Papa! Can't wait to teach her all about the game. That's awesome. That's Sawyer and Dixon. Good morning, Sawyer. Enjoy that. We are back on 670 to score. Sorry about that. Technical issues took us away. But then bring us back. But I do believe it gave you a chance to hear at least a little bit of Silk Sonic. Anything more out except for like the Silk Sonic theme and this lead track, I'ma leave the door open. Oh, Anderson Pock. Bruno Mars working together. Two of the best musicians living on the planet right now. It's true. Certainly two of the best active musicians living on the planet. And that is some hot stuff. But that's not why you called. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run and 670 The Score. We've been talking about the Eloy Jimenez situation. We can take your calls on that all morning long at 312-644-6767. Sean Marshall from the Marquee Sports Network will join us to talk Cubs at the top of the hour. Let's talk a little Cubs right now. And um, callers, if you want to hop on to talk anything Cubs and Sox, feel free at 312-644-6767. But David Ross announced some stuff yesterday, a couple of surprising decisions mixed in, some not too surprising. Um, Pedro Strope uh, demoted, um, Brad Wick demoted. I think they like Rex Brothers. In fact, I know they like Rex Brothers quite a bit as a reliever from the left side, along with Andrew Chafin. Um, Ildemaro Vargas and Matt Duffy remain on the roster, seemingly fighting it out for the final bench spot. The big news was at second base, though, because at second base there are four, um, four folks with a chance, and everybody's hitting well. Everybody has been hitting well. Eric Sogard brought in here uh, to be the Jason Kipnis this year, but he's much more of a contact guy than Kipnis. As soon as they brought him in, was very likely to make the team. David Bodie started out very slow. Nico Horner started out very, very hot. And I and others assumed that Nico Horner was going to make this team coming out of camp. And he did not. I um, want you to listen to David Ross talking about why Nico Horner didn't make the team. And he says, really, it's less about Horner and more about David Bodie. One, this is a, a, a little bit less about Nico and, and more about David Bodie. I mean, David Bodie um, had a great spring. Every second baseman, really, that we brought in camp had a great spring. Um, I think it's it's a opportunity for David uh, that David has earned. He deserves. I think it's an, a chance to play every day at second base, a guy that – his four going into his fourth season at the major leagues and, and, you know, has put up some good numbers and, and played great defense and has never really got a chance to, to play every day. So um, as great as, as much as um, we love Nico and I think Nico is going to be a stud here for a long time, you know, gold glove, second baseman, future all-star, I think, in my opinion, and, and what he's done in the off season, the work he's done put in, I think there's a lot of confidence in this organization about him, but um, I don't think it, one is fair for him to come off the bench and get stale and, and, and have sporadic at bats. That's not setting him up for success. And um, I think David Bodie earned the job. I think David, if this is a real competition, in my opinion, David, David won it. And, and this is a chance for David to play every day and, and get real at bats and, and we'll see what we got in David Bodie. And if anything goes wrong and, and with, or anybody gets hurt, then Nico's next man in line. So David Bodie gets his shot at a full-time job. Ross went on to say it's his turn 
It's Bodie's turn. So he's going to get his shot at a full-time gig. He will be passable defensively, probably a little bit above average defensively at second. Not as good as Nico on a team that needs defense. But he's going to get his shot to have that job every day. And that sets up something interesting around the diamond, by the way, which is that the Cubs have a regular at every position. First time in a, in a long time. I mean, seriously, the entire Theo Epstein era, you were watching Dale Swaim kind of fight his way through some of the rebuild stuff, trying to figure out who was good, who was not, shuffling and using a bunch of different guys. And Ricky Renteria did some of the same. And some folks started to arrive. And then Joe Madden used a ton of different players, a ton of different lineups. We used to do an over-under every year on the number of different lineups that Joe Madden would have during the course of a year. And he, he topped himself. Those first three seasons for Joe, every year was more lineup variations than the one before. And that's not uncommon. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the world champion Dodgers. With two options at several different positions, a bunch of guys who could move around. Some of them are gone now. But a bunch of folks who could move around and lots of different combinations depending on the matchups. This year has a chance to be the fewest different lineups, the fewest different number of starters at positions for the Cubs, at primary positions that we've seen in a decade. It's crazy. Rizzo will play first against both lefties and righties. Bodie is slotted in as your everyday second baseman. Eric Sogard will get some starts as a lefty bat against some righties, but it's not a strict platoon. It's Bodie's job with Sogard as the backup there and the backup at short for Javi. Chris Bryant's going to play third. David Ross said very little in the outfield for Chris. Very little in the outfield this year. It's going to keep things simpler. Jock Peterson was promised an everyday job, which he will get even against left-handed starting pitchers, at least at the start of the season here. And there aren't that many. I think there's only four in the entirety of the National League Central for left-handed starters. Obviously, the Cubs don't have any, but four on the other teams. And then Ian Happ is your everyday center fielder. Jason Hayward, your everyday right fielder. Welling, uh, you know, Wilson, Wilson Contreras is going to catch just about all the time. There's, you know, there's not a... Not a, not a real need to get Victor Caratini in there when you Darvish is pitching as both of those guys are gone. I mean, regulars. It's, it's pretty different than what we've had. So we'll have to see. But color me surprised on Nico. He showed up bigger, stronger, swing changed with a larger posterior. My God, the base is bigger. But here's the truth about Nico. It's been a really nonlinear development history. He shows up in September of 2019 off the couch, hitting 351 in his first nine games, an OPS near one in those first nine games. And then last year, playing sporadically because he was not hitting, was here all year. Jordan Bastion had it since those first nine games in September of 2019. 
He's had 167 plate appearances for the Cubs with a slash line of 221, 287 on base. Woof. 275 slug. Woof. So Nico will go to the alternate site and eventually maybe to AAA and play all the time. Um, Look, there are some people saying that this, and that includes you, Peoria, Matt, saying that this is a service time issue. I don't think they're concerned about seven being more than six for Nico Horner. You're assuming that he's going to develop into the kind of player where it's going to matter in a great deal like it did for Chris Bryant or like it may for Alex Kirilov there in Minnesota or some of these other guys. I don't think Nico is that kind of prospect that you're worried about that. And if they were worried about service time with him specifically, why did they bring him up in September 2019? Why? Because they needed him. Why was he here all of last season when they could have easily sent him to the alternate site to buy some service time moments? I, I, I don't think that makes sense for this. I think Sogard was basically guaranteed a spot. Bodie hit well enough that they want to give him his chance. And they're out of options on Ildemiro Vargas, who may end up making this team or at least gets a look for another couple of days. Nico, a victim of options, is what it seems to me. 312-644-6767. Before we listen to Ross talking about the Cubs rotation, let's talk to Stan in Bellwood on 670 The Score. Good morning, Stan. You're first up on Hit and Run. What's happening, man? Ah, great. How are you, Spees? Good morning. Good. Good morning. Hey, um, Spees, I am really thoroughly disgusted. I, if I could circle back to the uh, Eloy. Yep. Just, I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, your, your uh, Cubs conversation, but I, I actually called to talk about Eloy and the White Sox, and I'm really ticked off. Uh, you and I spoke last Sunday, and I, I think I expressed to you my uh, – uh, optimism and enthusiasm about uh, the White Sox this year. I was all set to pick them to win the American League. I, I uh, really thought that going into the season that uh, the White Sox on paper at least looked like the, uh, the, the best team in the American League to me. And uh, that's, uh, that's not a pick now that I could make with any uh, enthusiasm mm. uh, because, <clears throat> because they, uh, I mean, Elo is out for, you know, five to six months. That's, that's a game-changing injury there. Uh, but I, this is a rare occasion when uh, I uh, actually disagree with uh, Stoney. Uh, I think Eloy's mishaps in the outfield uh, is a decision that he made uh, himself by his play. Uh, I, I, I could make that, uh, that call today. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wait until the end of the year or next year. I'm thoroughly in the take-his-glove-away camp I don't ever want to see him in the outfield again. And, uh, you know, when I hear people, you know, like yourself, saying that he was, you know, just hustling and trying to make a play, um, I don't know what he was doing, Spees. I don't know what play it is or was that he was trying to make. That ball cleared the fence uh, 10 feet beyond his reach. Uh, it, it, I don't think it was uh, freakish or flukish or – uh, you know, just uh, him hustling. I just, I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. And I, I, um, I've seen enough. Actually, you know, he actually, you know, besides his defense killing the White Sox, he's a danger to his own well-being out there. I mean, he is really the worst outfielder I've ever seen. Uh, and as far as what the White Sox are going to do, the question you posed 
uh, about who you expect to uh, or who do we expect to see the most innings yeah. uh, in left field this year? Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. In the short term, uh, I guess it probably will be um, Adam Engel. But what I want, you know, considering the fact that uh, he's going to be out the lion's share uh, of this year, uh, Eloy I'm talking about, I'm not one for uh, mixing and matching and, you know, moving players from here to there. Uh, I don't want any DHs or part-time players out there. I want the White Sox to ex- uh, explore as soon as possible to getting uh, an experienced, established major league uh corner outfielder uh i you know i don't want a part-time guy or a dh out there anymore i mean he's going to be out all year i want somebody that that we can rely on and i don't want a guinea pig or an experiment out there so i mean i i you know the uh something like uh jay bruce or mike touchman but you know that's an option that's off the table now because um uh, Luke Voigt, uh, their first baseman, is out, uh, you know, for a couple months here with knee surgery. Right, so, so they're they're going to keep them both. They're going to keep them both now with the Yankees. They missed a window on possibly trading for one of those dudes. Exactly. So I, that that's an option that's no longer on the table. But I, uh, my point is, I don't want any part-time guys or DHs out there. I want an experienced corner outfielder. Uh, the White Sox are going to have to rely on their defense now more than ever. So I want somebody good out there now, and I, I hope that uh, uh, Rick Hahn's on the phone to do that. But in the short term, though, uh, I guess, you know, Adam Engel would be my choice and, you know, my you know my pick to be out there, you know, more than anybody else, you know, for the first few weeks. Thank you, Stan. Great stuff, uh, as usual. Um, Stan, upset with the play, uh, upset with Eloy. Uh, not understanding uh, what he was trying to do as he was out there jumping up and then hanging um, with the arm. And we'll see, you know, you know, we'll see if uh, if the White Sox go out there looking around for trade options. Angle is hurt, as you know. So starting the year in left field on opening day, probably Andrew Vaughn or maybe Billy Hamilton. Although there is no bigger offensive drop off, maybe anywhere in the league to go from Eloy Jimenez to Billy Hamilton. That is not ideal. Sean Marshall from the Marquee Sports Network will join us at the top of the hour. Phone lines stay open for you at 312-644-6767. Let's talk about this potentially sneaky, decent Cubs rotation before Sean. We'll do that next on The Score. You know, I don't want to underestimate the pitching core that we have. I think we've got um, some some sneaky good pitchers that maybe not are on the radar, but um, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a, um, a willingness to be great from that group. Good. How about sneaky decent? David Ross, how about it? I think this Cubs rotation will be better than most people do. I know. I'm weird like that. I trust the pitching infrastructure of this organization. I trust Tommy Ottavi, Mike Borzello, the analytics department. I like the work that they've done in the pitch lab. With major league caliber arms, with especially, you know, certain guys adding certain pitches. Adbert Ozilai found a slider last year. 
We talked about it a little bit last year and early in the spring, and then it wasn't there in the spring. Then most of the Albert Azulay, Albert Azulay conversation was about the options. Is he going to have an option? Is he not? Once the league rules on it, will they send him down to start the year? Um, but then the other night, Thursday night, he refound that slider. Spent a lot of time last year tweaking the shape of it. And this time, this start on Thursday night was enough for them to see, to believe that it is there like it was towards the end of last year. He threw 61 pitches against the Dodgers, big time batters there, obviously, and he overmatched most of them in their at-bats. Three and two-thirds innings, 61 pitches, and he threw just the two-seam fastball, the four-seam fastball, and the slider. That's it. And so if you can get through the order a couple of times on that stuff alone, then the third time through, you can start to expand the repertoire if need be. Next time out, you can pitch in reverse. All of a sudden, you got stuff to work with. Now that he's added this slider, now that he has that pitch, the way the league is working, the way uh, that pitching is going, it's a big, big ad for Adbert Alzali. Listen to David Ross talk to you about Adbert, who officially will be the fifth starter for this team. Not going to start at the minor league site in South Bend. Going to start with the big club at the five spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, Shelby, I think Shelby's going to contribute to our team. Uh, I mean, I have no doubt about that. He's had a, uh, another guy who's had a great spring. Um, I think he's going to be a big piece uh, for us. Uh, guys come in. He's a he's had a track record of having success, having a few struggles, and it looks like he's back on track to to really pitch big innings for us. So, um, yeah, Adbert Adbert's on the team, uh, and and we'll we'll map out his role uh, and get back to you guys on that. Uh, but uh, I'm excited for Adbert. He's put in a lot of good work. It's really sh- showed. Uh, really had a great performance the other night against a a really deep uh dodgers you know you know world championship caliber or went world championship team uh and and a lot of all-stars he went in there and, and kind of uh rolled uh through that through that lineup so uh, that was impressive to see and i think he's earned um this opportunity that he gets so advert will be the five trevor williams will be the four and Trevor Williams has big league stuff, had a real good year a couple of years ago in Pittsburgh, lost his way. We'll see what happens there. I'm least confident about him. I'm worried about him. I think Adbert is going to end up being very solid. The innings will be something to watch uh, for Adbert. Obviously didn't throw a lot last year. It was a short year. In 2016, he threw about 120 innings, 114 the year after that. But then injuries and the shortened season last year have limited him to 142 total innings. And that does not include however you quantify what he threw at South Bend last year as part of the alternate site. They went out there and simulated all this stuff. So they got to figure out how to use his innings, where they're going to get to, maybe 130 140, something like that. But I I said this on Parkinson Spiegel and got laughed at, and they still throw it up in my face, but I'm going to stand by it. I think he's going to be the second-best pitcher in this rotation this year. I think think Adbert's going to have a real good year. Two, three, and four are going to be Adbert and Jake Arrieta, who you know, but you'll see a slightly different version of, and Zach Davies. Zach Davies has had a great spring after a great short season in San Diego. And he's going to be one of those guys you appreciate the more you see him. Because at first you're going to be like, oh, my God, this dude's throwing junk. And then you're going to be like, 
if you haven't had a chance to watch him yet. Oh, my God, this dude is, knows exactly what he's doing. He and Kyle Hendricks having lockers near each other, talking baseball. Some very similar stuff and approaches, but we'll, we'll see how different it becomes, Zach from Kyle or maybe to Kyle. They are you know, going to learn some stuff from each other. They've always been talked about similarly compared to each other, now teammates. But I, I think one through four is, is going to be pretty interesting. Pretty darn interesting. It's not elite. It's not like I'm saying they're going to be one of the best rotations in baseball. But I don't think it's going to be terrifying <laughs> for people. Faint praise, baby. Slightly faint. Later on next hour, you will hear from Jake Arrieta, who was on with our Lawrence Holmes the other day, and got into what he's been working on a little bit. Also next hour, some of the best bullpens in MLB lined up and we will also talk to you about the newest cuban member of the white Sox organization though not officially it won't be official until the winter i think it's january will be the next international signing period when that becomes official for the next cuban but we'll talk about him a little bit Explain him to you and give you some context of the situation. It is hit and run right here on 670 The Score. The Score's baseball show. Sean Marshall from Marquee Sports Network will join me, Matt Spiegel, next right here on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 